for Pacifica Radio, February the 6th, 2022. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of Antiwar.com and author of Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. You can find my full interview archive, more than 5,600 of them now, going back to 2003, at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow. All right, introducing today's guest, it's Bronco Marchteach. Uh, he writes for Jacobin Magazine, and he's got this really important one here. The CIA may be breeding Nazi terror in Ukraine. Oh, you don't say, Bronco. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, great to be back. Um, all right, so listen, uh, I didn't mention, but I should have mentioned so that people understand who you are and what you're about. You wrote a book called Yesterday's Man about Joe Biden, the First thing that Joe Biden did when he became a senator in 1973 was to attack Richard Nixon for his planned hasty and precipitous withdrawal from Vietnam. Is that really true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Biden was all over the place in the war. Uh, that was just one of these cases where he, you know, licked his finger, put it up in the air, and 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 looked at where the winds were blowing. And I think he changed his position on that several times. In the end, he kind of took a an anti-war position ultimately. But then, of course, in the 80s, uh, when Reagan came to power, he looked at, at Reagan's popularity and he said, oh, okay, actually, we need to start being more uh, pro-war. We need to be more pro-intervention. So he's been all over the map on this. Yeah. Well, he has continued this policy, begun in the Obama government, uh, during the Obama administration, and continued through Donald Trump, as we recently learned, to not only arm and train the uh, Ukrainian military and associated right-wing militias in Ukraine, but they've been bringing them back to the United States and training up this new Gladio-type stay-behind program for Ukraine. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, according to this Yahoo News piece, since 2015, the idea is for uh, the U.S. and the CIA to train a, a homegrown insurgency in Ukraine. Uh, some of the people interviewed don't want to call it that, but others quite outright say that that is exactly what's happening. And, and if you looked at some of the rhetoric of, of Biden and, and, and various U.S. officials over the course of this whole Ukraine crisis uh, over the last couple of months, it's clear that, that you know, they've made that threat explicitly. So that is what's happening. You're referring to like uh, the administration officials saying things like, well, if they do invade, they're going to have a really tough insurgency on their hands and things like that. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I think a very thinly veiled reference to, to this program that we didn't know existed. And I think it's it's also not a coincidence that this starts getting leaked just as these tensions are rising and kind of Biden needs to to look tough and needs to to try and, I guess, either threaten Putin or or make himself kind of look like he's doing something on this uh, crisis to stand up to him. Mm -hmm. But beyond the trouble, the inherent problem of training an insurgency and, and potentially uh, inflaming a, a very uh, destructive and deadly war uh, in that country, which would hurt a lot of people that live there, but would also possibly destabilize things beyond its borders, um, there's, there's the fact that, look, Ukraine, since the 2014 revolution, which is a very misunderstood event, uh, very complicated and, and not really well known 
in the West, neo-Nazis and, and other members of the far right in Ukraine have taken on, I would say, new prominence and power in the Ukrainian government and, and in society. Mm-hmm. There's not only paramilitaries wandering through the country, attacking people and you know doing various bad things, but there's also uh, within Ukraine's law enforcement and military members of the far right have been incorporated into them. Uh, the, the Azov uh, regiment is, is the one that I mentioned in the piece. That's probably the most prominent one. And that's an official part of the Ukrainian National Guard, which is a law enforcement agency. I mean, imagine that. Um, and there have been various far right members in the government. But, you know, in, in this case, my concern is uh, bodies like the Azov regiment and other far right members who we know for a fact have received military training, who have received weapons. And I think it it would be incredibly uh, fortuitous, miraculous even, if they did not get the training, uh, the CIA training that that I'm talking about here that has been leaked. Because the same year this program began, there was a push in Congress to, when they were sending weapons to Ukraine, Mm -hmm. to ban those weapons and and other military training, other resources from going to Azov specifically. And according to a report from The Nation in in 2015 at the time, that ended up being taken out that year because for some reason, the Pentagon leaned on lawmakers and said, well, you know, maybe maybe we don't want this particular clause in there. Let's take that out. Uh, So I think to me, that's that's it's a little speculative. But again, we know for a fact that Azov members have gotten this training. And so when you add it all up, there is an above average chance that part of this program is training neo-Nazi uh, violent extremists. Mm-hmm. All right, now, a few things there. But first of all, can we start with what exactly is a Nazi? Because in the United States of America now, as a guy was pointing out to me on Twitter last night, anybody to the right of Angela Davis is a fascist and a Nazi. <laughs> so uh, when you say Nazi, do you really mean it, or you're just being mean to right-wingers, or what? No, I mean, look, that, that word has absolutely been... Uh, overused in a very irresponsible way in the U.S. context to the point that, as you say, it just it doesn't mean anything. It's actually kind of lost the power it had because of the fact that it's just thrown around so recklessly. But in this case, we we are talking about actual, honest to God Nazis, people who believe that you know the the white race is superior and should rule the world. For, as one example, the former commander of the Azov Regiment. One said that the, the historic mission of Ukraine is to, quote, lead the white races of the world in a final crusade for their survival in a crusade against the Semite-led Untermenschen. Uh, that's one example, but there's so many more. You know, these are people who, who are very much real white supremacists and everything that comes with it. And so this is not just a, a you know, a political slur. These are people who very much uh, subscribe to the extremist ideology and would resort to violence to see it enacted. Yeah. All right, hold it just one second here. It's our winter fun drive. And you know, they've had this weird tradition here at KPFK where during fun drive, about a third of the shows are suspended. And in my case, they've always given me a nice break and played extra long versions of Alan Watts on Sunday mornings during fun drive. But under the new management, that's no longer the case. And they've asked me to participate in the fun drive, which I am so happy to do. KPFK has been so generous to allow me to bring anti-war radio to you on Sunday mornings here. And that's only possible because of your donations. I'm willing to do my part. I donated a bunch of books, which you guys can get as premiums if you donate. I hope you'll do your part. Hope keep KPFK running so I can keep bringing you anti-war radio and they can keep bringing you the rest of the great content 
on this station. Go to kpfk.org to pledge or call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. All right, now let's get back into this interview of Bronco March Teach. But there was an amendment to ban military aid to Hitler-loving Nazis, and then the Democrats made sure and got rid of that so that they could give that aid to those Hitler-loving Nazis. And that really happened. And that was one of the things that one of the last things John Conyers did of note before he got kicked out of the Congress. Yeah, that's correct. According to what we know, yeah, they they had it in there, and then at the at the very last second, the Pentagon said, you know, let's take that out. We don't we don't need that. Uh, I I should say it since then it has been passed again, but but uh, the the question is how effective that is because we know for a fact that there was a, there was a, a piece for the Daily Beast some time ago uh, where they interviewed someone uh, who was a member of, of the Azov Regiment, and he. Uh, said that you know it didn't really matter. They didn't have they don't have any sort of screening program that roots out um, people like him from from getting this stuff. And you know there's actually there's a report that was done in George Washington University where the, the author looked at some of the people who on the Ukrainian government's website they cite have received NATO training. You know training in the in these. NATO centers to fight back against any sort of Russian aggression or any other kind of national security threat to Ukraine. And some of those people are not just Azov, but other white supremacists. Um, so and it makes sense from the point of view of the kind of military planners. Like if their idea is they want to train a, an effective fighting force to give Russia a bloody nose or a black eye, should they invade or anything else, you want to get the most committed fighters, the most militant fighters. And that tends to be the neo-Nazis who are highly ideological, who are uh, very well organized. Um, they, they were very much on the front lines of the 2014 revolution. It, it likely would not have succeeded without the far right kind of being being at the at the vanguard, the revolutionary vanguard who was willing to, to uh, take up weapons and, and use violence to get their way. And so from their point of view, it makes sense that you want these people in the fold. Now, the problem is, um, we've seen this story time and time again, what happens when the U.S. funds and trains extremists in a country where thousands of miles from any ordinary American uh, within the borders of the United States. And then decades later, uh, what do those people end up doing? It's not it's not a pretty story. And I worry that this is what's going to happen here as well. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. I kind of wonder if people are driving around L.A. on a Sunday morning, listening to this and thinking, I just don't know what I'm hearing here. A leftist describing the liberals and the conservatives as backing literal Nazis in the war in Ukraine when I thought the war in Ukraine was the heroes of Minas Tirith fending off the orcs of the Russian East. And everyone on Ukraine's side are all a bunch of heroes. And now you're muddying up my narrative here, Bronco. Well, this is the whole thing. You know, it, it, look, a violation of national sovereignty, a violation of a country's borders, of course, that is outrageous. Of course, we should oppose it, of course. But the fact is that the way this narrative is presented, you're absolutely right. It's a simplistic black and white story. It's good versus evil. And the reality is that's a lot easier to rally people behind if, if it's a matter of we're stopping the next Hitler, uh, aka, you know, Putin being the next Hitler. Then if it's about, well, we're actually trying to prop up this, let's say, flawed democracy that has far right people uh, in, in, in the halls of power that is highly liberal, that is very authoritarian. And we're doing it as part of a geopolitical to and fro because we want to be able to contain Russia 
in future we want to have basically dominion uh, military and strategic dominion over over uh, Europe. Uh, that that's not quite as as a, a romantic a story I think to rally people behind. No, and not. so um, I think people really got to got to think about this stuff. I mean, I think if people understood that this is what was happening in Ukraine and this is what the government was potentially not potentially we we know that it is what has been done. So if if, if we have that in mind, I think it would be a very different public response. Uh, to this this idea of, of going to war in Ukraine, let alone, you know, sending uh, troops and, and, and weapons into it. I mean, you know, at this point, I think Ukraine is now the, the third biggest recipient of, of uh, U.S. military aid, right? Uh, I, I think, actually, the, the proposal that Biden had put forward initially, which is to sanction Russia if it, if it invades, and it's not even clear that Russia will or has been, you know, on the brink of invading at all. That, that has been a... a line pushed exclusively by by Washington and the UK. Meanwhile, pretty much the entirety of the Ukraine political establishment, France, Germany, the EU, all of them have said that, that a Russian invasion is, is not imminent. Well, and the so, Russians have said that too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that also calls into question this idea of suddenly rushing $500 million worth of, of weapons to Ukraine. So if, if there's no imminent invasion, why is there this massive giveaway to uh, weapons manufacturers? And I, I think that uh, question answers itself, really. Um, you know, I think the, the other thing about this that is really dangerous is that we've already seen blowback from this. And so fueling it has the potential to make it much worse. The Azov Regiment and Ukraine in general has become kind of a mecca for the global far right. They go there because, you know, th this has been one of the countries, maybe the country where, where the far right has been most successful in not just shifting politics in their preferred direction policy-wise, but also in terms of actually getting into the, the the sort of structures of power in the government. And so people go there and they meet, meet Azov, they communicate with them, they'll travel over and and they'll get training. Um, and, and in fact, there was a, a report um, from West Point. You know, so this is not this is not some sort of little known independent news site. This is West Point. This is the U.S. military establishment that looked at what impact Azov and, and other far right movements uh, in Ukraine had on extremists in the United States. And they pointed out that a lot of uh, violent extremists in the U.S. and Europe were traveling over there and coming back and then engaging in violence, including the Rise Above movement, which um, the FBI put in an affidavit uh, that they had uh, gone over there, uh, come back, and then proceeded to engage in all sorts of violent attacks on, on anti-racist uh, protesters, for instance, at Charlottesville and, and other events. There was a man who, Wait, wait, uh, slow traveled. down, slow down there. You're, sure, sure, sure. You're saying to me the FBI says that some of the people committing acts of violence on the far right side at Charlottesville had been to Ukraine and back where they were fighting with Azov. Exactly. Hang on just one second. Hey, y'all, the audiobook of my book Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism, is finally done. Yes, of course, read by me. It's available at Audible, Amazon, Apple Books, and soon on Google Play and whatever other options there are out there. It's my history of America's war on terrorism from 1979 through today. Give it a listen and see if you agree. It's time to just come home. Enough already. Time to end the war on terrorism. The audiobook. Hey guys, I've had a lot of great webmasters over the years, but the team at expanddesigns.com have by far been the most competent and reliable. Harley Abbott and his team have made great sites for the show and the Institute, and they keep them running well. 
suggesting and making improvements all along. Make a deal with expanddesigns.com for your new business or news site. They will take care of you. Use the promo code SCOTT and save $500. That's expanddesigns.com. Hey guys, Scott Horton here for Listen and Think Libertarian Audiobooks. As you may know, the audiobook of my new book, Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism, is finally out. It's co-produced by our longtime friends at Listen and Think Libertarian Audiobooks. For many years now, Derek Sheriff over there at Listen and Think has offered lifetime subscriptions to anyone who donates $100 or more to The Scott Horton Show at scotthorton.org donate or to the Libertarian Institute at libertarianinstitute.org donate. And they've got a bunch of great titles, including Inside Syria by the late, great Reese Ehrlich. That's listenandthink.com. Thank you, sir. Go ahead. And this is, I want to stress, all of this is, it comes from, you know, the most official establishment sources that you can think of. The, the, all of this is, is well documented. The government knows it. Um, but, of course, you know, when you talk about the vast American national security bureaucracy, there's so many of these agencies uh, that are working across purposes and, and uh, often, in fact, that are working to kind of create the very threats that then justify their own existence. And so we're seeing that with, with uh, this case, I think, because what, what is happening is the U.S. is inadvertently fueling white supremacist extremists in the U.S. and Europe and, and in my home country of New Zealand, where uh, the, the guy who shut up the, the, the Christchurch mosque he took inspiration from Azov. He wore a symbol that they wore. He, he talked about going to Ukraine. And in turn, that violence is then used to justify one of the things that I really feared about Biden coming to power, which was Biden's tendency to push for a, a, an expanded national security state in the domestic sphere to increase repressive powers of the government to go against sure extremists, but also also activists of any ideology. And we're seeing that now where, where right-wing or far-right extremism is being used by the Biden administration to justify new anti-terrorism powers and kind of expanded right. domestic war and terror. And we, meanwhile, it turns out that Biden's own administration is very much in, inadvertently or indirectly providing training and advice to these extremists. It's, it's an absurd and depressing situation. And, and again, I think if people understood all this, uh, there would be a very different response to, to what's going on in Ukraine. And I think it would be understood very differently as, as not a battle for democracy and liberal values, but again, part of a geopolitical chess game. Some of these attacks that are being lodged against people who are speaking out against this kind of U.S. policy, this, yeah. this policy of constant NATO enlargement. Uh, Josh Hawley is one who I disagree with him on, on many things, but I think actually on this he's completely correct. And it's been really disgusting to see people use this McCarthyite slash Iraq War era talking point. Well, oh, if you if you uh, oppose uh, military escalation or, or military recklessness, therefore you're actually doing the bidding of of this the, you know dictator A or dictator B. Um, that has been a really pernicious and damaging uh, uh, addition to U.S. political discourse ever since 2016 and ever since the, the Russiagate fiasco. And I think, you know, a lot of people sort of said, it doesn't matter, this this is going to go all go away. But actually, I think we're really seeing the the, the fruit of this now. Yeah, where, that's um, a good point. A lot, of, a lot of people, maybe not on the left, but on the progressive side, you know, people uh, in Congress who, who I generally support, 
like uh, Ilan Omar and, and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the like, uh, ha- and Bernie Sanders even, have, have really taken a back seat in this because I think every incentive is against them speaking out because as soon as they do, you know, MSNBC will call them a Kremlin puppet or whatever, a traitor uh, and so on and so forth, the same as has been done against Hawley and, and Tucker Carlson right. for taking this position. And so... Um, uh, unfortunately, their voices have been largely absent. Uh, largely. Ilan Omar recently put out a statement. Um, I saw a great not, clip not, of AOC yesterday, in fact. She says, like, I think we need to look at the military-industrial complex. They had to get out of Afghanistan, and now they're starved for revenue, and I think that's what's going on here. Great answer. Not well, that, that that's that everything, good but good enough, you know? Uh, no, absolutely. Well, that's great to hear, and I did not yeah. know that, and I'm glad to see them waiting. I'm pretty out, sure it was uh, just from out. yesterday, so yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, and, and but you know it, it, the fact that it's taken this long, uh, I think to, to to put out a statement. I mean, there was actually a piece in the American Prospect uh, maybe last week where they had polling that showed how unpopular and how opposed um, any sort of military action in Ukraine was among you know ordinary Americans. Um, and they they got in touch with all of their officers, all of the the squad, and and other progressives, including Sanders and, and Warren. And, you know, I think Sanders gave a kind of boilerplate statement about diplomacy. Otherwise, they were ignored. And so uh, obviously something has changed, I think, right. maybe because of the pressure. But the fact that it's taken this long, I think, shows you how uh, dangerous this this kind of rhetoric, this, this McCarthyite rhetoric that you mentioned is, because it it really creates a disincentive for people to to take what I would consider a very reasonable and common sense uh, foreign policy stance. Right. Yeah, I mean, it can be really intimidating. People can lose their jobs over things like this, depending on what it is. I mean, for uh, somebody like you or me, take the side of the Ayatollah if we have to, because the truth is the truth. Who cares? But a lot of people are not in a position where they can speak out in that way, and especially under this kind of pressure. But it is, you know, if they say the tragedy and farce thing, this is the dumbest McCarthyism I've ever heard of in my life. It's just completely ridiculous. All right, Bronco, hang on just one minute for me here. Everybody, it is fundraising time at KPFK. It's our winter fund drive. And so I am here asking for your support. As I mentioned, they've had this weird tradition at KPFK where anywhere from a quarter to a third of the shows are essentially on hiatus during fund drive. And so I have never actually been able to participate in a KPFK fund drive before uh, over 10 years. So this is really my first time to uh, have a chance to see whether anti-war radio's dedicated listeners will also do their part to support KPFK. It's nice to have an interview show not interrupted by commercials and not forced to some corporate-type timetable, get a long-form, decent interview about foreign policy on a Sunday morning, don't you think? But sometimes we've got to interrupt to raise money so that we don't have to air those commercials and support anti-war radio, not just this show, but all of KPFK and the Pacifica Network. So uh, really appreciate everybody's support. I know I'm up against stiff competition. Alan Watts is a big draw and a big moneymaker for KPFK. Let's see if we can provide any competition, the anti-war radio audience here, and see if you guys will do your part. Let them know you're supporting at least in part because of this show, at kpfk.org, or just call 818-985-5735. Same thing as 818-985-KPFK. And 
You know, I've always been impressed from uh, the first time I ever discovered KPFK about all the repeater stations, too. It's not just 90.7. It's all the way down to San Diego, up to Santa Barbara, of course, Ridgecrest and China Lake. And depending on the weather, I guess, sometimes you can hear it out all the way to Palm Springs. And so all of Southern California is blanketed by KPFK, by 90.7 FM, and its repeaters. And it's something really to be proud of. I remember when uh, Louis Vandenberg instructed me, KPFK is actually the most powerful FM signal in Los Angeles, 115,000 watts grandfathered in from back before the FCC restricted it. And so it's something I'm really proud to be a part of, something I'm very grateful for. I know that you guys are too. So let them know, kpfk.org, 818-985-5735 to pledge your support and thank you. Now let's get back into the show with the great Bronco March Teach. And meanwhile, here's this quote Max Blumenthal tweeted the other day from Evelyn Farkas, who was the Assistant Secretary of Defense under Obama. And she says to Newsweek, Far-right groups are helping to defend Ukraine. The Ukrainian government needs all the help it can get from its citizens, regardless of their ideology, end quote. So when she's confronted with like, hey, we got some real Hitler-loving Nazis here, she says, she uses the word regardless. Oh, well, that's just fine. Not, well, that's regretful and we'll really have to work hard to marginalize them later or anything like that. But just, hey... Come on in, everybody. And in in fact, if you go back a few years, I'm sure you remember this. The Intercept had a piece about how America's terrorist mercenaries in Syria were traveling to Ukraine because you had this Chechen contingent in Syria, of course. So they're bringing other ISIS type terrorists back to Ukraine with them to link up with the Nazis to fight against the Russians in the Donbass. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, man. What do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, the the Farkas thing I did not hear, um, but uh, in in some ways I'm actually, I feel like that's progress because if we can actually just kind of get rid of all the the grandstanding and and the kind of kabuki theater that the entirety of U.S. political discourse is, then okay, let's get down to some some real politique. It's it's this is we're willing to support Nazis and other white supremacists because they're on our side. They're our Nazis. I mean, I think that's repugnant. But at least then we can actually have a debate, a serious debate, and people can actually know what is going on rather than having this massive game of of pretend that we're having to play where uh, we have to talk about the Ukraine fight as if it's something about democracy and and liberalism, which it absolutely isn't. Right. And, you know, people who lean left, try to remember your Vietnam era new left anti-government roots here. I mean, maybe you like the Civil Rights Act a lot, but... That doesn't really lend a bunch of credibility to the people of the FBI and the Justice Department, much less the CIA and the Pentagon. I mean, these are the same people who lie to you, who lie to all of us about everything. Why would we presume that they're on the side of innocence and goodness? Didn't they update you in the, on MSNBC that Russiagate never happened? It was all a lie. Just like Saddam Hussein's alliance with Osama just made up lies to manipulate you. Why would anyone presume otherwise? You know, it's not like the Democrats to a good leftist. 
It ain't like the Democrats are good leftists. You don't trust them. They're the Democrats, right? So what are we even talking about here? Yeah, th- this has been an unfortunate thing. I mean, I think uh, uh, on my part of the left, it's understood that the FBI is, you know, sure does does some legitimate law enforcement stuff, but also has been a very uh, anti-civil liberties agency for its entire uh, career, highly, highly political agency. And and that you know, this this turn to kind of admiring it has been dangerous. The, the problem is, I think a lot of uh, liberal people, a lot of well-meaning liberal people who as you say, watch a lot of uh, MSNBC and, and, you know, read uh, the New York Times and that kind of thing, I think have been, um, uh, have swallowed this narrative that the FBI is kind of the, the defender of norms and, and, and liberal democracy in the United States, which, uh, you know, I mean, you know, have a look at what, what James Comey uh, did before <laughs> he was fired under Trump. And, and that, that should dissuade you from any of these positions. Yeah, seriously. And well, I was born in 76, and they'd done nothing but lie to me my whole life long, from the left and the right, anyone in power, and especially when they're pointing their finger at foreign enemies. I mean, give me a break. So everybody should have been inoculated already. And frankly, I think a lot of people have. I mean, there's an entire new movement on the right. You know, it's not quite enough to make up for the loss of the one on the left, but there's a new anti-war movement on the right that is just sick and tired of this stuff. They just can't see it anymore why America ought to be in charge of every last conflict in the world. Just doesn't make any sense. We're way over here in the new world. We're supposed to dominate Eurasia forever? How do you make the average guy in the average living room believe that, you know? You're not going to get any argument from me. I mean, I think it's it's bad for the Ukrainians and I think it's it's bad for Americans who, are, you know, potentially could be could be targets of any sort of uh, extremist that ends up getting training uh, over there. So, yep. And, you know, we've seen the same thing with uh, Syria, where you had Americans go travel to Turkey and to Syria to go fight. And the FBI wasn't even keeping track of who the CIA was sending over there. (laughs) And uh, you could have the very same kind of danger here. And as you said, some Americans who'd been to Ukraine to pal around with the Azov Battalion and perhaps fight with them were there in Charlottesville and were part of that riot that broke out there. So that's... You know, it's just like that first ISIS attack on the Jewish Museum in Brussels in 2013. See, told you, it's already coming back. And so that only is the portent. That's only chapter one, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for writing it. It's so important that you did, and I'm really glad that you're on top of this. It's such an important article. You guys got to go look at this. It's at Jacobin. That's jacobinmag.com. The CIA may be breeding Nazi terror in Ukraine. Yeah, very generous May there. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate your time on the show again, Bronco. And I appreciate you having me. I, I, I hope people uh, take all this seriously and, and really read up about it. All right, you guys, and that's it for Anti-War Radio for this morning. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm here every Sunday morning from 830 to 9 on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. And don't forget the fun drive, kpfk.org or call 818-985-5735.